Hi everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Ranyogi Diaries. This is your host Santosh Shiva. Over the last 2 years I've had the privilege of talking to some amazing people, day-to-day people who are on an extraordinary journey of well-being through endurance sports. I hope you took some possibility back into your lives, took some action and maybe some inspiration to perspire. So excited to have on the show my first long distance ultra marathon swimmer. Imagine swimming 10 hours, 20 hours in the open ocean, unpredictable waves, tides. It's beyond the realm of my own imagination. But that's what Madhu Nagaraja has done. So happy to have a chat with him and get behind the scenes of this person, how he's done it and pursued his dreams. But not only that, he gives back to the community by going out and making preservation of lakes a thing so all of us can enjoy the pristine waters and open water experience. Let's dig in. Hey Madhu, welcome to Run Yogi Diaries. Hi Santosh, thanks for having me. Yeah. Such a pleasure, such a pleasure. And uh what a what a what a life you lead, uh, Madhu. I'm so uh you know inspired and uh you know also in awe of uh, what you've done. So uh so really really stoked to have you in the show. Uh, and for f- folks you're listening, um Uh, I, I met Madhu uh, obviously on Facebook, and uh, it was in one of the open swimming groups. Someone had tagged him, and I double clicked because uh, it was an Indian-sounding name. I said, "Hey, I go, who's this Indian guy doing all this stuff?" <laughs> and uh, here we are, and here's a list of. Uh, I'm going to do a quick, int- a quick intro. Take a stab, a quick intro about you, Madhu, and uh, you know maybe add. So. You are someone who lives in somewhere near Toronto, Oakville. Uh, it's a town near Toronto in Canada. Uh, you're originally from Mysore. Uh, you know uh, some commonality here there. I, I went to uh, engineering school in Mysore. Um, a quick uh, overview of what you've done. Uh, you're a patron of International Marathon Swimming Hall of Fame, and uh, uh, you you serve in the marathon swimming as a swimming mentor for a lot of people. Uh, you've done the uh, English Channel back in 2004. You crossed the English Channel, um, and I, and and I'm going to stick to a few highlights here because obviously you have a huge huge list of accomplishments. Uh, you did you did the marathon disabled in 2010, the, uh, the run across Sahara. So you're just not a swimmer, but you're also a runner. Um, you crossed the Lake Ontario. Um, it's a 43 kilometer swim. in about 24 hours and 26 minutes oh wow we're going to talk about that um and then of course the other one is uh, crossing the strait of magellan in chile uh, cold waters choppy waters and we'll talk about that as well and then recently you also got the queen's platinum jubilee medal <laughs> uh say hey madhu you know uh, obviously uh, looking at this uh, it makes me feel like i haven't done much but uh, so inspiring uh, did i miss anything No, that's. Uh, I think that's a perfect overview of uh, <laughs> things that I've done. Yeah, <laughs> right. And, and married, kids, and all that stuff. I missed that. Part. <laughs> yes, yes. I mean, very important uh, part of uh, life. Yeah. 
Yeah. And I'm sure, uh, you know, both your wife and kids have uh, supported you and been part of this journey as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. No, my wife plays a critical role in, uh, in everything that I do, Santosh. Yeah. Yeah. Puts up with all the crazy stuff you do. <laughs> uh, crazy and scary. And she's the one who actually uh, challenges me by asking all the difficult questions so that I'm really committed. Mm. Uh, and uh, so that I mean, I'm, like the interpretation, her interpretation is okay. Hey, uh, because I mean, yeah, we are a family, so we have responsibilities, right? Yeah, mm. uh, just as a family, as a unit. And then uh, I come up with this crazy idea, and I just check myself out mentally, and then I'm out uh, in the woods or in the uh, in the open water training. That doesn't uh, keep the family intact. Right. Mm -hmm. So I have to be very careful as to, hey, what are the things that I want to do? What does it mean to me? What does it mean to my family? So at least that's where I am. And that's how I actually uh, take on these adventures. Mm -hmm. uh, but I'm very yeah. glad to be. I mean, at times I regret it when I'm in the pain in the midst of it. But when I'm done with it, I'm very glad to be part of this community. Yeah, uh, because the best part for me is uh, the people that I've encountered and people that I've met mm. um, and the communities that I've actually come to make me uh, a better individual. Mm. So that is uh, that is my take on <laughs> on all yeah. these uh, crazy yeah, yeah, things yeah. that we do in life. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you're the first uh, uh, ultra uh marathon swimmer on on the show by the way so it's uh, even more exciting <laughs> i've had a lot Thank of you. runners mountaineers i've mm -hmm. had of course a lot of triathletes um and uh, you know uh, all kinds of ultra uh, endurance uh, athletes uh, but you're the first one who is uh, rocking it in the water and what is fascinating is you know when i started this uh, podcast uh, almost 2 years ago madhu uh, you know i had a view of um, uh, view of you know uh, what endurance uh, means and what endurance uh, uh, you know means but as i speak to more and more people and discover what people have done like what you've done and a few many others who've been on the show it's like wow you know it's like is that even possible right it's like unless you research and find out about people's journey uh, you know we're all living in our own little bubble and thinking oh that's no that's just that's like bizarre it can't happen but I've now I'm you. You probably my hundred 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 fourth guest, and uh, each one of the guests have had some crazy uh, journeys. And I'm like, wow, this is this is so amazing. So um, it's it's fascinating. So uh, you know, obviously here we're here to talk about your journey. So we'll kind of let's jump in, and uh, I think maybe we should do a bit of a flashback and uh, get with how it all started. I mean, are you a swimmer by? From when you started, when you were born, or how did it, how did it all get started for you? Um, although as a child I learned to swim, but uh, I got into competitive swimming uh, after grade ten, hmm. because in India, back in India, like when we grew up, uh, we had uh, ten years of high school and two years of pre-university and then uh, yeah. university, right? So there was a, a bit two or two and a half months of summer break between. Um, grade 10 and uh, uh, first year pre-university hmm. um, and we lived close to the uh, swimming pool in uh, Saraswati Puram in Mysore. Hmm. So the best way for me to stay out of trouble or 
my parents thought, okay, best way uh, to keep me out of trouble was, okay, hey, uh, start swimming. I mm. think what happened was, I think uh, for, a, for about two weeks or so, I was a regular in the pool. And mm. that's when I think one of the coaches spotted me. It's actually uh, two coaches have played a critical role in my swimming career, Nabiraj and Pradeep Kumar. So mm. Nabiraj spotted me just because I was a regular. That's it. I mean, I didn't have mm. no skill, no talent, nothing. I'm just a kid trudging, um, getting across the pool. Um, the fantastic thing about Mysore University swimming pool is it's a uh, it's an Olympic standard pool. It's 50 mm. meters by 25 <clears throat> meters wide. Um, so he offered me to uh, join their competitive program. Mm. And the benefit was, I mean, those days, I think I had to pay 15, 15 paisa or 25 or a quarter, something like that. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Mm. So the benefit was I didn't have to pay. Mm. So um, like growing up as kids, I think we would wake up like first thing in the morning, uh, unlike uh, my kids now. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so, uh, I had to be at the pool at uh, 5.45 or 5.30 in the morning every day and uh, we would get to train for a few hours. And that's where it started, actually, yeah. And one thing led to another and uh, I'm, I'm by nature, I'm not a uh, talented person. Like some people out there, I mean, uh, that I've actually come across, mm. they pick up things easily. In my case, I have to work hard, whatever mm. I do in life, mm. yeah doesn't matter if it's academics or work or swimming or running or I have to put my head into it. I have to figure it out. I have to master it. Mm -hmm. And that's the only way uh, I have done things. Mm -hmm. um, so fortunately, a lot of things worked out for me. Swimming pool was closer to my house. It was like uh, maybe uh, less than 200 meters. Mm -hmm. Even in eight men and Saraswati Puram uh, swimming pool was in first May. So eight blocks, right? Yeah. Mm. Nice. So the one thing led to another. I I, I swam for University of Mysore, uh, mm. and then I swam. Uh, uh, I think yeah, I made it to the finals in the um, All India Inter University uh, in two hundred butterfly. I think yeah, that was my last year of swimming uh, for university, and then I uh, represented Karnataka State. But also, wow. as I uh, progressed in swimming and uh, academics in uh, in in Mysore, uh, my focus was only to make sure that I qualify for the sports quota. Mm. I think you remember all those things. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, right? yeah. It was, because it was all about academics at the end of the day. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah, yeah. End of the day. Okay. Hey, how do I get into? It? So, but I made sure that I uh, nobody could. Uh, challenge my uh, sports uh, point accumulation. I'm not sure how mm. it was done. But anyways, mm. like whichever uh, course or uh, uh, like um, uh, yeah, whichever subjects that I applied for, uh, I got admission into all of them and I chose, uh, chose something and whatever. Yeah, so I'm here today. So yeah. that was my primary objective and I was very upfront with uh, both Nabiraj and Pradeep Kumar. I know mm. uh, some swimmers would stand up and say, I want to be in the Olympics. I want to be mm. uh, like break a national record. I was, uh, I was naive and I said, hey, I, I, I want to make sure I, uh, yeah, this is what I want to do. And, uh, mm. but I was working hard in the pool. I was actually, uh, I was 
good enough to challenge uh, all the swimmers out there. Mm. Uh, so, so both the coaches encouraged me and gave me a lot of focus and attention to uh, help me achieve my goals. Mm. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah. and then, uh, yeah, um, I think from that, uh, the strangely, after I finished my master's in India, uh, I, um, income tax department, Minister of uh, Financial Affairs, Ministry of Finance, they offered me a job mm. just because of my swimming uh, uh, swimming achievements. But I was also writing uh, uh, graduate record examinations to come to U.S. Mm. Uh, I mean, if I look back at it, it was a stupid and silly thing that I did. I took the job, uh-huh. which was, uh, I mean, which actually helped me travel a lot in India and uh, uh, race for uh Income tax. I think it was. I forget all these things, like the southern, southern zone of uh, mm-hmm. Ministry of Finance or something. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I got them a lot of medals, but uh, within two years, actually, I quit that job because I had an admission in. So, but my regret is okay. Hey, uh, another an individual who really needed the job mm-hmm. would have taken that job, right? Mm-hmm. So that's something that I. I regret, but uh, but I enjoyed whatever I did. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But my focus was always uh, uh, writing the GRE. So that kind of actually gave me, uh, I mean, I didn't have to look for a, a job which was very demanding because I yeah, was yeah, swimming, yeah. which was my passion, and I was training. And I could also uh, put some time to uh, work on my GRE uh, exams and uh, yep. come to us right so that's that's what happened and then I'm, this was this was mid mid 90s right 94 you're talking about 1994 yeah, okay. yeah. Mm. Um, so in us i was not studying i was the only focus was school uh, sorry mm. uh, what i not mean swimming. to say is i wasn't swimming mm. only focus was uh school and uh, uh strange thing is i mean we in india we were very privileged. We only went to school. We didn't do anything else. Mm. We swam. We hung out with friends. We studied, went to school. But uh, I come to US. I have a, a research fellowship. I have to work for 20 hours, which has uh, which is demanding. And then mm. I have to maintain a, a GPA of over 3.5. I'm not used mm. to that. <laughs> right? <laughs> so I had to balance. I had to figure it out. And then I had to get through uh, school. And then, of course, work and all the fun things. Uh, and then I met my wife, actually, is also, uh, I mean, we both are from Mysore, and she was in uh, McGill, and I was in Boston. Yeah, she was in Montreal. Okay. Mm. So one thing led to another. I decided uh, uh, I was adventurous to say, hey, maybe I'm going to join a PhD program. She was already almost getting through her PhD, and I thought, okay, I'm going to uh, do bioinformatics. Uh, was mm. the focus. And then a year into uh, the PhD program, oh my God, this is not this is not what I want. This is going to take mm. me in a direction which will uh, which will I mean I'll end up becoming a software programmer mm-hmm. or right at the bottom of it. or again, um, the amount of work and the amount of uh, like the diversions that uh, that required to get through the PhD program. Right. Uh, so I was a bit, uh, I wasn't too sure about it. So I took a job back in Boston that took me to California. 
so this is all uh, in late 1990s and uh, early 2000. So, so you were in the U.S. for for quite some time before you I moved to Canada. I lived in the U.S. actually. Uh, um, so I studied in Boston. I was in my, my Montreal, McGill for a while, and we went <laughs> back to uh, Boston. Took a job that took me to California right away. Uh, so and all this, this while job, there was swimming, swimming completely. I, I haven't zero. swum. My last time that I had swum was uh, uh, in India in '94. Wow. So this is. Uh, um, so 2001, 2002, or 2003. Uh, so you, I'm sure you're aware of uh, everything that happened uh, with the dot-com industries. Yeah, right? yeah, 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 I yeah. worked for a company called Razorfish, which was fantastic. We were mm. very arrogant. And uh, uh, we also did some good work. But we were mm. all so savvy and sassy that we, would, uh, we didn't retain our projects with our clients. The model mm. was different. We would do the work and... That was too menial for us to retain and maintain, do the maintenance part of the thing, right? Mm -hmm. We would walk away. So we didn't uh, hang on to the relationship or the source of revenue. Mm -hmm. uh, at least that's what was happening in the economy, right? Mm -hmm. There were like... Uh, take it, take it or leave it. These were coming mm -hmm. up like mushrooms, right? Yeah. So One you thing know, led um, to another and uh, I, lo uh, I lost my job because... Uh, oh, wow. Yeah. That's the best thing that ever happened to me, Santosh. Mm, mm. Uh, so that's when I, I mean, uh, like working on an H-1 visa, it was very tricky to find a job then. Mm. So I started swimming because I had nothing else to do. My mm. wife was working. She was a, a postdoctoral fellow at uh, UCSF. So I started swimming in uh, Palo Alto. That's where we lived. Mm. Um, so one thing led to another and, did my first open water swim. I'd never done an open water swim in India. I was always a pool swimmer. Okay. So in California, I think um, I somehow uh, uh, like spoke to a few other swimmers out there and we all uh, uh, drummed up some courage and we did our first ever uh, open water swimming from the club in a lake. In the ocean or was it the lake? No, this was is a lake? lake. It's uh, okay. You live in California, right? Oh, sorry. You live in uh, Texas. Texas, sorry, yeah. yeah. So uh, Spring Lake uh, near Santa Rosa. So that's the first mm. ever open water swim in the season. Uh, so the water is still cold. I think the water temperature was 62 Fahrenheit. Ooh, that's uh, cold. And uh, I'm scared, actually. I mean, I'm used to swimming in the pool where I see yeah. this black line, right? <laughs> and I can see right. people. I can. So I, I walk into this uh, one-mile loop. This was a one-mile race. And the lake is filled with weeds. Uh. And the night before that, we had seen this movie called uh, Lake Placid. Okay. <laughs> There's this monster crocodile there, right? And I'm the next morning, I'm swimming this. Uh, <laughs> so that's in my head. And somehow, I think I, uh, I swam fast and I finished third, whatever. Yeah. So one thing led to another. And, um, but I was still struggling because I, I, I don't have a job. I'm swimming mm. regularly. I'm, uh, um, I mean, like with that six years or seven years, 2004 to 2003 is what, seven years, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I've, I haven't done much. So I've gained uh, some uh, some weight. I'm not fit. Mm. Uh, so, yeah, I it took me about six months to, um, yeah, uh, get back into get shape. Back. In fact, I was swimming very fast, actually. I was mm. doing, uh, so I had 
two uh, goals because I, I knew, okay, it was very difficult for me to get a job with, uh, mm. with an H1 sponsorship. So I, I was thinking about um, a 50-meter fly uh, master's record, mm. U.S. master's swimming record. That's what I was thinking about because uh, – uh, and I also swam with an Olympian from uh, some Eastern European company uh, uh, mm. country. And uh, so the uh, – so – who we uh, I swam with, there were a lot of uh, NCAA uh, swimmers. Wow! So we were very competitive. Yeah. So we always focused on speed, and so we were all good, good swimmers, reasonably decent swimmers. Yeah. So that was one. That's one thing that I was thinking about. And then we all decided to do a, a relay across Lake Tahoe. Hmm. And on the beach, I bumped into this old lady, Carol Singh. At that mm. point, she was the oldest person to have swum across the English Channel. So that's when it stuck my head, came into my head. Uh, so, so pause, pause there. We got let's take a quick pause. I know, I think that's an important pivot into your story. Um, but I do want to just quickly call out on a few things, right? Uh, in 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 terms of what you shared so far. So one is, um, you know, uh, glad that you. Uh, I, I mean, I'm just rolling back to your what you were sharing uh, between your tenth grade and your uh, plus two. Uh, you you know, kind of uh, bumped into swimming and it, it caught you because I think for most of us in that generation, in you know, early '90s, that time, um, finished tenth, twelfth, and we're just whiling our time around and you know, uh, having a ball and. Uh, we, many of us were probably playing cricket or field hockey. Absolutely, not, yeah. not many of us had the privilege uh, of having an access to a swimming pool. It wasn't really prevalent, right? You had few swimming pools here and there, so so it was really not a thing, right? And so, uh, very very uh, nice to see that uh, that you you got you got hooked onto something that was that's become a part of uh, became a part of your core uh, persona. Mm-hmm. And um, so that's that's really fascinating because a lot of times, uh, you know, uh, we have a stereotype or a myth, uh, and I think I'm probably um, losing some of it as I speak with you, which is that uh, as as Indians, there are there aren't many swimmers out there. Uh, you know, among the Indian community, uh, there's a lot of people who don't swim. You know, as adults, right, uh, have not had the opportunity to learn swimming. And when I started this whole triathlon journey last year, it was a big mental bo- obstacle for me as well to, to get across and learn how to swim. And so it's very uh, heartening to know that, uh, you know, you've done some cool stuff. You've, you've represented university. You've represented the state. Uh, so that's, that's very, uh, that's quite amazing. Good. That's good, good to hear. In fact, swimming was the best thing that has ever happened to me in my life. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Terrific. So uh, just coming back, you know, uh, to back to where uh, we were pivoting, you met this lady and, uh, you know, the seed of an English channel suddenly popped up uh, in your head. And um, so um, in, in terms of your general fitness, right, and you said you t- took six months to get back to being fit. Um, but was there a big difference from just, you know, your mus- mus- muscular you know, uh, state of affairs and, you know, that volume of swimming you were doing when you were young versus suddenly after seven years restarting, did you have to deal with that at all? 
Uh, I mean, of course, yeah, it was a slow progression. Yeah, it's not that I mean, yeah, I became fit uh, in the very first month. And I, I, I mean, I, the way it happened was, okay, when you join a master swimming program, mm. um, I started in the, the slowest lane. It took me about mm. six, six months to progress to the fastest lane in the pool, right? So that's what I mean, yeah. So mm. uh, I was, I mean, fortunately, the fundamentals of swimming, which was uh, taught by both Nabiraj and Pradeep Kumar, helped me. I'm not a super, like when you look at me, I'm just like a regular, I'm five foot 11. I, I don't carry too much muscle. I'm not a massive person. I'm very lean. Yeah. Uh, so, and then I, I have friends who are massive, muscular, mm. but I swim faster than them. It's the technique mm. that actually helped me get faster. Uh, but and and in I, terms of the, sorry, go ahead. Uh, but was I at six months, uh, was I ready to swim across the English Channel? No. Mm. Um, so I one was, other question uh, that pops mm -hmm. in my mind, uh, because you've, you've been a uh, you know, uh, pool swimmer all, all along, and then you suddenly one fine day, uh, reached, with, even before the six month, you started, you started on a lake. And uh, open water swimming is so different, right? Absolutely. Um, so, uh, but you seem to have <laughs> kind of adapted to it no, pretty kind easily. Kind of, uh, um, I mean, like, it, it is different, but it's... Uh, it's also not different, okay? Mm, but mm. the the technique and the underlying stroke, there's not a lot mm, of difference. But mm, the mm. thing is, like, I mean, your awareness of, uh, mm. uh, I mean, keeping that exploratory mindset, okay? Mm, mm. Understanding the topography, understanding the geography, uh, mm, looking mm. at where the buoys are, okay? Hey, am I swimming uh, straight? What's the fast, fastest point from point A to point B? These mm. things, how do you navigate? How do you use uh, sight? So these are the mm, things that mm. I had to pick up. But okay. uh, with core uh, swimming fundamentals, I was able to pick up those things easily. Mm -hmm. Because the one thing is, I mean, you're always struggling in the water, right? You're trying to move fast. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, and I always tell people, okay, hey, that it's time in the water is what actually makes you a better swimmer. Because mm -hmm. you need to feel the water. The saying is, okay, when uh, runners, they say, okay, you need to feel the air, right? Yeah. Mm. So you need to feel the air, water. You need to feel the pool. So uh, then you're able to uh, manipulate and uh, manage to, hey, I can do this. You can, right? Mm. Like being in a circus, okay, how do you, uh, like, uh, change the yeah. uh, body uh, uh, position to see or... Uh, to accommodate to uh, whatever is happening in the water, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it can be yeah. a flat lake or it can be bumpy waters. So mm. things like that. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Makes sense. So, Makes sense. So I know that swimming fundamental actually kind of helped me. Uh, big. I mean, I, I wasn't as even still to date. I mean, there are things that I have to figure it out. Yeah. Mm. Um, but uh, yeah, it. Uh, so those things actually. Yeah, like pool is where I had to put in a lot of time. There's a quality and a quantity work, right? So I mm -hmm. put in a lot of quality work in the pool, and mm -hmm. that helped me become a better open water swimmer. Mm. Makes sense. Makes sense. Great. So coming back to your conversation with uh, uh, Miss Singh, uh, I forget her first name. Carol Singh. Yeah. Carol Singh. <laughs> Let's get back to that. <laughs> no, right. I, I didn't speak to her much actually. I uh, just shook her hands and. Uh, uh, yeah, it was exciting. She, uh, it was just, uh, I mean, she spoke as if it was a normal thing in her life. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, wow, this is amazing. And I'm uh, standing next to an English channel swimmer. I mean, yeah, so we finished the race. 
came home. Of course, it was a party. We had a lot of fun. We the mm-hmm. swim was fantastic. You you've been to Lake Tahoe, I'm sure. It's a beautiful lake. Um, so then uh, my engines. I'm not doing anything right because I'm mm-hmm. I don't have job. I don't have a job. So my engines are working here. Mm-hmm. Uh, and by then my wife was pregnant as well. So here is another like the, the uh, tricky thing, and uh, an important thing is okay. I don't have a job. I'm an Indian. Mm. I don't have a job, okay? Mm. Because the way I've uh, grown up, right? Yeah. Because academics, work, positions, titles, all the blah blahs that uh, the important things in life, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And then I don't have a job. Our uh, revenue or uh, our uh, salaries have gone down by fifty percent. Mm. Uh, all the fun things in life. Mm. How do I tell my wife, and my wife is pregnant, how do I tell my wife, hey, I want to go swim across the English Channel? Mm. Okay. And uh, at that point of time, I think the expense was about $5,000 to get a uh, boat captain register. Mm. And that's only for the swim. Then we have to fly there. We have to be, yeah, the, the logistics. So, of, tell us, tell us a little bit more the, about that. Tell us a little bit more. I mean, for, for folks who are listening to this may not really know what it takes to do the English Channel. So that $5,000, what, what does it pay for? Just yeah, this was $5,000 in, uh, in 2004. It's yeah, a lot yeah. more, uh, uh, right now, it's 20 years, right? With yeah, inflation yeah. and all the fun things that happen in the world, right? Uh, so when I was struggling with that idea, my wife actually, uh, I'm sure this is true with you as well. I can never read my wife's mind, but she can read me like an open book. And she knew there was something happening with me. And she mentioned uh, we were driving. I think I was driving her to, um, she used to take a shuttle, uh, like a UCSF shuttle. So I was driving her to that shuttle place. And she said, you should do something with swimming. Mm. (laughs) My eyes brightened. And that's when I said, hey, but I, uh, that's when I said, okay, hey, I think I should look into this English channel. But here is what I had already taken a step in that direction. I had gone ahead and uh, I think I had bought a book called Dover Solo. Like it was mm. written by a swimmer. Uh, her experience with uh, swimming across the English channel. Fortunately, it had not arrived in mail yet. Um, so I would have been in trouble. Uh, so that's that was the moment. I captured on that uh, moment and I jumped into it. So I had, I think, one year at that point. I think it was uh, August 2003. That's when I decided, okay, hey, I'm going to swim across the English Channel. Yeah. Wow. So, so, so tell us about that. What, what did you have to prep? What did I, it take so to, I had to, to swim? Every, um, I, so, of course, yeah. Uh, this, like, again, this is primitive days of internet. Mm-hmm. The internet is, is a messy place now. So we just had, like, standard uh, basic HTML pages. So I think uh, there was no Google. There was Yahoo search, I think, yeah, right? Mm-hmm. There was no Google in 2000, uh, early days of, or Google wasn't uh, what it was, uh, what it is today, yeah. So uh, I, I joined a syndication, mm-hmm. uh, like an email syndication group. And uh, so I found out, okay, there are two organizations that ratify a swim across the English channel. Okay. Uh, channel Swimming Association and Channel Swimming and Piloting Federation. Hmm. Um, so I researched on both of them and then I spoke to a lot of swimmers mm-hmm. um, and then I decided to go with this organization called CSPF, uh, Channel mm-hmm. Swimming and Piloting Federation, because there were a lot of swimmers there. I kind of connected with the swimmers, although 
the ancient historic uh, organization is Channel Swimming Association. I okay. went with the newer, uh, the rebels, actually, uh, which is no longer true because this is uh, overtaken uh, the old archaic organization. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, I shouldn't be saying that because I belong to uh, the marathon. Uh, I'm one of the committee members. They both do a <laughs> wonderful job. Um, so, but I connected with a lot of swimmers. Mm. So I had to send in my application. But the first thing is you need to, um, so English Channel Swims actually happen um, in a neap tide. So there are two okay. tides in the ocean, spring tide and neap tide, okay? So that's, mm. uh, it's the velocity of water that moves uh, between, okay. in, during the, in, in the, between the channel, okay? Uh, or in the channel, yeah. So swims happen in a neap tide just because, okay, um, Boat captains actually can keep the swimmers safe in a neap tide because that's the water level is low and the height of the wave is also low. Right? If okay. ever there is a uh, storm that uh, passes through, the height of the wave is not too high, so you don't uh, lose sight of the swimmers. Mm -hmm. So I had to book my book a uh, a boat captain. So tie um, so neap tides depending on. Uh, um, on the position of the moon, okay, they can last anywhere from 10 days and they are every fortnight, okay? Okay. So six days to 10 days. So, they, so um, uh, usually in, in a 10-day neap tide, uh, boat captains take about four swimmers. Hmm. So I had to reserve my spot. So I reserved a spot and I was number three in a 10-day neap tide. So I was confident okay. enough that I could, uh, I could get a slot to get across. Mm -hmm. um, so I booked that. That was the first thing that I did. And then I had to register with the organization uh, to say, hey, I'm thinking about swimming across the English Channel. So I had to give them uh, uh, a history of uh, like very similar to submitting a bank application, right? Yeah, hey, this is what is my swimming profile. Mm -hmm. um, and then the requirement uh, for the channel at that point of time is... Um, I had to show them that I can swim for six hours in 60 degree, uh, 60 Fahrenheit water. And this is uh, without any uh, wetsuit no wetsuit, or anything? No wetsuit, no wetsuit. of course, wow. yeah. So the only, um, this, um, the legal English channel swim is you can have a swimsuit, a pair of goggles and a swimming cap. <laughs> and you can have a earplug, okay? That's about mm. it, nothing else. Um, so I joined a club in uh, San Francisco called Southern Rowing Club. That's mm -hmm. another uh, fantastic place. Yeah, like mm -hmm. uh, San Francisco Bay is like the mecca for uh, open water swimmers. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so Southern Rowing Club actually is another club that played a critical role in my uh, open water swimming skills. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, again, I, I'm an Indian, right? Mm -hmm. uh, uh, I'm sure you've uh, things have changed now. Back in the day, I was the only Indian uh, in any open water swimming event that I went to. Mm. So the Southern Rowing Club had another uh, Indian. His name is uh, Sridhar Venkatesh. Okay, he's mm. A, uh, mm. So we were the two guys and I, I was uh, more skilled and uh, I was like training for the channel. So uh, so the, the club actually embraced me. So I told them, hey, I'm a novice in the open water swimming world. So people took me out in the um, in the San Francisco Bay. So I've done some fantastic and difficult swims um, 
in the San Francisco Bay. Mm. Uh, in fact, I mean, before I forget, the le- a lesson that I picked up from uh, the English Channel Swim after the English Channel Swim was make your training harder than the event that you're supposed you're training for. Mm. Mm-hmm. So that was that's what uh, Southern Rowing Club actually taught me. So when there was a storm out there, they would take me out. Mm-hmm. Wow! <laughs> and I'm actually literally scared. Yeah, this is like uh, uh, the two three meters waves. Okay, and they're not able to hold the zodiac uh, uh, steadily. That's mm-hmm. when they would take me out. So I swam in all the difficult conditions, and uh, I and I, I like I kind of acclimatized to the water temperature. I made sure I swam in 55 Fahrenheit, although the requirement was 60 Fahrenheit. I made sure because. Um, I had read stories, okay, where, okay, the swim can be anywhere from 10 hours to 24 hours, 30 hours in the channel, mm. because depending on the tides and the currents and things that can happen in the channel, okay, because it's it's not a swimming pool. It's not a controlled environment, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, I so, had... Uh, so, one, one, um, one point here, uh, Madhu, 55 degrees. So, what temperature is the threshold for being able to swim for that long without something like a wetsuit? I mean, uh, at what point does the body actually... Uh, so the coldest I've swum is actually uh, 0.9 Celsius for wow. uh, for 47 minutes. So what 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 do you do? How does... You have to train for it. Uh, you're acclimatized for it. Uh, uh, so the body actually learns to uh, keep core temperatures up? Up. But I mean, wow. yeah, you're also uh, working hard. I mean, this is not sustainable. Yeah, I mean, you can mm-hmm. only push it for a certain time. And then, uh, of course, you, there's a lot of safety that goes into these kind of swims, right? Yeah. yeah. Because uh, in the world of triathlons, I've seen people freak out at anything less than uh, 60 degrees or even 65 degrees. Everybody is on a wetsuit. Like, it's cold yeah. and it's, <laughs> it's so much. So yeah. when I hear you say this, I'm like, wow, this is just quite amazing. It's a different world. So actually, one of the reasons actually I um, I mean um, I relate to like um, trail running and uh, open water swimming is that element mm. of adventure, element of unknown, mm. element of uh, problem so- solving. So yeah. that's one of the reasons I don't have a bucket list. I I get uh, I mean I've done a marathon. I've done several marathons outside uh, uh, like a marathon event. Mm. Uh, road running actually burns me out. Um, mm. wears me out easily like um, quickly yeah so I thrive in uh, open water now I thrive in a trail yeah um, I mean although these places are dangerous of course I hang out with people in there I'm not alone I'm, I never <laughs> do anything alone and another important mantra for every uh, triathlete or people who want to uh, take up open water swimming is don't swim alone Never do that. Mm, mm. Okay, uh, it's not yep. worth. It. Good advice. So, always have a buddy. Always have uh, a support system either on the beach. Tell friends and family that this is where you are in the open water, or even in the trail. This is where you are in the trail, and this is your plan. Have that documented and inform somebody, or do it with somebody. Yeah. Yep, makes uh, sense. Because it's only a fraction of a second, and uh, because losing a life is not worth it. Yeah, for some stupid selfish reason. Yeah, yeah. No, no, great. Absolutely. So, so coming back to the English Channel, um, uh, you know, uh, in terms of, I think wherever you are, you you've got your applications in. Uh, you've got this ten <laughs> days window. 
um you you what put yourself on the list uh then 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 what happens when was the deal so, yeah of course i trained a lot yeah um in fact this is my this was my first ever uh, uh marathon swim right hmm. so like preparing for an exam i over prepared for the english channel which was <laughs> partly not good because uh, what i have learned is i'm sure you know this as well it's better like when it comes to uh, these kind of races it's better to be under prepared than injured mm. at the starting line right um, so with that overtraining and uh, also I, i think i mentioned i belong to this pool in uh, palo alto where there were a lot of uh, ex ncaa and a couple of uh, mm. olympians in there right so speed was this was their focus i was fast enough to hang out with them but i'm i've changed my focus to long distance swim, swimming where mm-hmm. i'm uh, uh, i'm learning to uh, hold on to a pace it's called, mm-hmm. i mean i call it as a forever pace right mm-hmm. yeah so i'm i'm trying to slow down my stroke i'm trying to control a lot of things mm-hmm. so i and i also working on building my endurance stamina mm-hmm. dealing with uh, uh, nutrition um yep training my body to get through the different phases of metabolism and everything right yeah so i was doing back to back uh long swims like 20k uh four days in a row row wow i think on on a friday one of my friends uh paul walker is actually uh, in texas right now a uh, fantastic butterfly we used to always race i had finished about 18k and uh in the pool this is the third day of my back to back i'm already tired uh struggling he says hey there is calais because that's the uh, french mm-hmm. coast of the english channel there is calais it only takes 10 times 50 uh butterfly to do that okay okay i'm stupid right yeah so we both uh race 10 times 50 and i injured my shoulder ouch I should have not done that. Mm. <laughs> But anyways, fortunately, yeah, I figured out a way. I mean, I had to rest for a week or so and then I uh dealt with the shoulder injury and then uh um I think I slowed down a bit. Um uh, got through the training. I I did about 10 hours of uh I mean, I again, the progression was okay. Um we focused on okay bad conditions in uh, in the bay we focused on time in the water we focused on uh, water temperature uh, so cold rough conditions and time so all those things so slowly progress that from uh, 30 minutes to 10 hours and uh, many it and another important thing is nutrition as well okay the different things that would work for me yeah because you i mean on land okay hey you can change a lot of things because you're on a stable uh, uh platform or a stable surface in the water okay how can i deliver how can i uh, consume this so uh, all these things are important how can uh, uh, people on the boat uh, deliver the food to me and i'm in the water i'm uh, i'm not supposed to touch anybody so that's another important rule nobody can touch me or i'm i can't touch anybody I can't hang on to anything so i had to learn to eat a banana i had to learn to drink uh, my uh, nutrition so i had learned to drink this uh, feed called carbopro i'm sure i think trad feeds use it as well 
uh, I would consume eight ounces of Carbo Pro in less than 10 seconds. And this is every, what's the frequency? Um, uh, my, every 30 minutes. Every, every 30, 30 minutes. minutes. And so this is a 10 hour swim. This, um, this was my uh, plan in the English channel. Okay. Hmm. So and how long is the English minutes, channel? How long it is it? It took me 12 hours and 31 minutes. The distance is about 21 miles in a straight line. But uh, the swim is never a straight line because of the tides and the currents, right? Mm. Yeah. So wow. in 10 seconds, I would rinse my mouth because I'm swimming in the salt water, right? Mm. Mm. So when you drink the feet, whatever uh, salt water is in my mouth would also mm. go into my body. And that would actually uh, upset my stomach and whatever can happen. So mm -hmm. I would rinse my uh, mouth with fresh water, removing uh, the salt water in my body, that whatever mm -hmm. the filthy water, the uh, open water uh, that's in there. Mm -hmm. And then I would consume uh, eight ounces. And then I would rinse my mouth with diluted mouthwash. Mm -hmm. Just so that, okay, I clear that remnants of that uh, feed in my mouth. So wow. the fastest feed that I had... Uh, I, I did in the channel was 13 seconds. So all these three things, and then I would start swimming. So wow. I had practiced that, yeah. So people from Southern Rowing Club actually played a critical role in getting me to the starting line. Mm. Uh, so again, like here is a, I mean, like this is just the swimming part of it, but my life is okay. We, um, so my wife's actually contract had, had ended in, uh, in UCSF. Um, so our plan was, okay, we go to England, swim across the channel and come back to Canada uh, mm -hmm. and look for work. Okay. <laughs> so why so, Canada? Yeah, why, why California to Canada? Why did you make the choice? Oh, that's because we had permanent residency in, in Canada when we, um, uh, so when I was uh, at McGill, I had actually uh, secured permanent residence, which is very similar to uh, green card. Uh, mm -hmm. So we always, because I mean, with the time we had spent in uh, Montreal uh, and McGill, mm -hmm. we were so connected to that place. We had decided, okay, even if we uh, like work in US for a while, we are going to come back to Montreal or Canada. Mm -hmm. It's what we had thought at that point of time. Okay. So that actually uh, brought us back to Canada. And uh, so with this English Channel Swim, my son was born in January of 2004. So this kid is seven months old. So we go to uh, Dover, uh, a fantastic community. This is, um, I, I think I mentioned something. The best thing that ever happened to me was losing my job. Seems like it. <laughs> and then here is another thing. Uh, actually, this helped me build my personality and my leadership skills. Mm. Whatever I am today, both in my work and my uh, everything that I do is because of that particular event. That's a very critical uh, thing in my event in my life because it exposed me to a new world of uh, mindset, mm. community, where every uh, there was a positive and a proactive outlook towards life. Mm -hmm. uh, many a times, I mean, you don't have that kind of atmosphere at work, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. How do you change that? How do we all succeed? How do we all achieve the goal? Right. Mm. So I picked up that um, in the wild, actually, because we need each other to survive and succeed. And that's yep. very important and true in workplaces as well.
Yeah. So I learned that uh, over there. So that's the Makes best sense. thing that ever happened to me. I met some wonderful people who are lifelong friends. Um, and very nice, powerful. Yeah, like, that's I mean, very powerful. Like coming from India, like we. I mean, like being a software programmer, you're focused on whatever, like mm. a lot of them solving problems, whatever. Right? The collaboration is very limited. Although, mm. I mean, software these days, they do collab do collaborate a lot, but people collaboration wasn't there. So I picked up all those things. I learned all those things. The important, like building partnerships. So, and making that those human connections. Yeah. Because another thing that I've also noticed is, okay, many a times you build software and products which get rewritten or get decommissioned. But the only memory that you have is the people that you have worked with, moments that mm. you go through in the difficult journey. Yeah. So I begin to focus on the positive defining moments. And, uh, and that's my biggest lesson from uh, like... Losing my job. Yeah, it's very powerful. Yeah, yeah. No, that's 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 awesome. You know, Madhu, it's interesting, right? I think just as a as a general uh, uh, principle to take away from what you're sharing, there's so much uh, golden nuggets here. One is, you know, when bad things happen, bad things happen, and losing a job is definitely one of the things that uh, you know puts a lot of trauma in, in for for all most people. But I think. Uh, the lesson that we can take away from what you're saying is really reframing, like being in the moment, you got into swimming, you didn't know what what was going to happen, you didn't know where this was going to go ahead, but it seems like you just took a passion of yours and started something and it led to something bigger. And here we are talking about it from a you know lessons learned perspective, but it's really, I think, staying in the moment, focusing on what next um, and doing something you like and not getting derailed uh, from something that bad uh, happened, which is outside your control. Uh, at least that that's what I'm taking away in what you're sharing, right? Yeah, and, absolutely. Uh, I think three things in uh, like what you just said was one is, okay, mind over matter. Mm. Okay. Like uh, that applies to uh, like uh, anything that you do in life, right? And then mm. things you can control and things you can't control. And yeah. uh, building those uh, those communities to support you, right? This mm. Building that support system, right? Hey, asking yeah. for help is actually a powerful thing. Yeah, people are uh, like, I mean, yeah, when I do these things, which are, uh, I can't even uh, envision, like Straits of Magellan, I couldn't even visualize how to get across. I asked mm. a lot of help. So people uh, with knowledge, people didn't know anything. They came in, they came and supported me. Yeah. Similar to Marathon de Sable, which mm. is a crazy, painful race. Um, I know uh, at that point of time, I think Natu had, was the only person uh, from India yeah. done it. And, and Natu is actually a fantastic individual. I, I have a lot mm. of respect for him. Yeah, Although we don't chat a lot and we don't talk about athletics, we talk about random things. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, I haven't spoken to him in a long time. And then I... Uh, and then I saw him on your uh, podcast. That's he's a. Yeah. If you speak to him, say hi to him for me. <laughs> yes, yes, yeah. So, he and his uh, wife. His wife is also on. Uh, yeah, uh, she's on an podcast. amazing Karen. athlete. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I remember. I think they uh, they 
getting married. Yeah, I, yeah. Anyways, yeah. So he's yeah. So they, they have actually. Talk, you talk yeah. about community. You're talking about community. I think um, you know. I've had lot of uh, guests from the Bay Area ultra running community on the podcast, and Natu and Karen. Uh, Natu definitely way back, you know, one of the earliest, uh, maybe the only brown guy, <laughs> South Asian guy running ultras. He's inspired a whole generation of ultra runners Absolutely. in the South Asian community. Absolutely, yeah. So, you know, talking about community that you're talking about, right? I think uh, that's another great example. Those yeah, guys are yeah, doing a great yeah. job there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So coming back to uh, the English Channel event itself, right? Um so, uh, so the the crew that's on the boat is that your own or they uh, those yeah. guys provided? <laughs> yeah. Um, so I had uh, um, one of my friends Shelly come with mm. me to the channel. Yeah. So okay. In fact, my wife and my son also came to England. Um, so they were in Dover. Um, I think my window opened up on August sixth. Mm. So we flew in on August first. We got acclimatized to the time zone, et cetera, et cetera. And then uh, I started swimming. Shelly was my only person uh, crewing for me. Yeah. Um, so uh, so I took care of all Shelly's expenses, everything. Yeah, mm-hmm. so all the fun things. So she's yeah, the again, one yeah. who's uh, feeding you this. Uh, exactly, yeah. Shelly, all that. So, so we, uh, Shelly and I swam in the same pool in, uh, in Palo Alto. So Sherry knew everything about me. Okay. Um, so she knew me, what would take me, what would bring me down. Mm-hmm. Okay. If there was a, a tricky moment in the, uh, in the channel. Okay. Uh, things that she could tell me to get me through that, uh, difficult, uh, times or to push me across the barrier. Right. And also when you do an ultra, you go through stages of metabolism where you are initially your source of metabolism is carbohydrates and then mm. it gets into protein and then it gets into fat, right? Mm. That transition of uh, from protein to fat is actually very painful. Mm. That's where people, I think you must have heard of the term, okay, hitting the wall. Mm-hmm. So I, that was one of my focus when I, uh, in my training. I wanted to experience that. I wanted mm-hmm. to hit the, the ball mm-hmm. because I wanted to, because if ever it happened to me in the channel, oh, I know this. Mm-hmm. I know I'm going to get through this. So, so did you have a tricky moment? Um, a lot of tricky moments during my training, actually. Yeah. So I've mm-hmm. failed to getting to the 10 hours of uh, swim. Uh, it took me multiple attempts mm-hmm. yeah, because I failed a lot. Uh, okay. My nutrition, I screwed up a lot on my nutrition mm. because I wanted to fail a lot during my training because I wanted to eliminate all the things that did not work out for me. So, so when I you say fail, what what do you mean? By what happens when you like, say fail? I mean, um, the combination of feed, uh, the type of uh, swimming goggles that I was using, okay. right? Uh, simple things. Believe mm. me. Okay. Hey, uh, like the food that you eat. Like people would uh, eat complicated thing. I would have like uh, make a, a sandwich. Imagine mm. eating a sandwich in a bumpy water, mm. right? Think about all those things, right? Yeah. Um, and then even like the kind of uh, swimming trunks, chafing, mm. Mm. right? Um, and I had to uh, change my stroke a bit so that, okay, uh, like I think my uh, 
yeah, my my shoulders were touching my chin, and I think it was actually yeah, a few times I had a big gash here. And also another mm. tricky thing with uh, open uh, with uh, salt water. Mm. So that actually created a, a bit of a rash on my. I can't remember if it was my chin or my shoulders. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So anyways, yeah, I had a bit, bit of a so I had to figure out all those things because these simple small things can actually bring mm. down a uh, swim or a run or a anything, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, like a blister. So a so day of day of the event, it was all fine. No, not nothing. To, oh, nice. Uneventful. <laughs> so all the, training, all, all the training, all the training. <laughs> I know I can I I can uh, I can uh, tell you an IMAX version of my swim. No, nothing happened. Lovely. Of course, I was struggling mentally. Mm. because it's overwhelming i am uh, swimming across the english channel what if i mm. fail what mm. if i fail right because all things that i remembered because i had read a lot about all the things that are uh, people that have uh, had failed uh, swimming mm. across the english channel so i was thinking about them what if something happened what if i get mm. cramped what if something like i mean i was going through this infinite loop of what ifs right Mm. Uh, so the first six hours of my swim actually was very cloudy because the previous night uh, there was a there, had, there was a storm that had passed through, mm-hmm. and it had the water had calmed down. Mm-hmm. But I was stupid, and I was my head was not in the game. I was struggling. The first mm. six hours, instead of capitalizing on the condition, I was struggling through there, and I was very conservative and with my mm. speed. And after six hours, the winds picked up, and the and the channel actually started behaving like a channel okay it wasn't super rough i'm saying this because it's it wasn't super rough because i had done that training in the in the bay area right swimming in a meter wave was nothing to me mm. because i had swum in 2 meter waves so like that um, so i think the term used in the channel is called it's called white caps or uh, white horses it's mm-hmm. that froth that uh, comes hits when there is a wave right mm. there is that wave that constantly keeps coming that's when i started swimming that's when actually mm. i woke up and i um, picked up my speed and i focused on my stroke i kept my head in the game and mm. fortunately everything worked out um, i could have finished the swim in uh, in 9 and a half hours i was close the closest point is cape rene on the french coast I was about 400 meters from Cape Greene and uh, that's when the tide changed and oh. it took me almost uh, another 90 minutes to get to uh, this beautiful beach called Visan mm. mm. and uh, in fact I was I kind of liked it because I was always scared to uh, finish at Cape Greene because it's very rocky and filled with barnacles and mm. I heard stories of people uh, after having touched um, the point not completing the swim because the rule mm. is there should absolutely be no body in uh, no water in front of you okay. so you have to get to um to land to make sure that there's absolutely no water in front of me mm. so cape greene is a bit tricky because of rocky and you know you have to uh, and it's a lot of barnacles so mm. i was always afraid of that so it took me and i landed on this beautiful uh, beach called visant <laughs> awesome and and you and, have uh, um, so that you have a boat that's uh, following you at a certain distance right yeah, uh, yeah. yeah the, uh, so in the channel there is a um, there's a boat that's always next to me so mm-hmm. the boat is navigating me 
and they are okay. the ones who keep keeping me safe so on the boat is a boat captain and a first mate mm-hmm. and an observer observer okay. assigned from the organization to mm. make sure okay that i follow the english channel rules okay okay so they make sure that i don't touch anybody i don't mm. touch the boat i don't hang on to the boat right yeah uh, and so and when you say uh, when you say the the uh, uh this thing changed right uh, the, uh, the tides. not the tide uh, the tides change how, how do you know uh, how do you know it's changed so tides it... change every 6 hours okay mm-hmm. so um you know the i mean uh, the sailors and the world of uh, uh mariners actually you know the tides for the next 30 years depending on the moon's mm. position so the swim actually starts um an hour before um the change of a tide okay mm. so because every 6 hours the tides change mm. um so it's this is the neap tide right so it's the lowest mm. of the tide yeah uh-huh. and um so but uh, like clockwork the tides change mm. tides don't wait for me so tide is a, a different uh, thing and then there's currents currents are localized very mm. local and that's mm. uh, depending on the geography of the um, of the uh, underneath and then uh, the wind uh, uh, and the wind direction yeah so, so is, the, is is the is the boat is, is the crew in the boat telling you this or are you feeling it in your body you know when when there's no, a change the, in the, the boat is just navigating me yeah mm. so so you are feeling the change navigating in the boat they'll say that okay you you missed cape grini we'll mm. have to figure out a way to land on uh, uh, visant mm. so mm. before that actually uh, the boat actually told me hey you need to speed up right now because if mm. we miss if we don't end in the next 20 minutes we are going to end up uh, in visant Okay. So when I reached that uh when I was as close as 400 meters to Cape Cape Rene uh and the tide had turned around uh the boat captain knew right away okay hey this is not going to happen it's not worth fighting that tide right so he repositioned the boat and mm. I still was strong enough to cut through the tide to because if you look at the geography it's the kind of curved okay mm. because it can usually it can easily spit me out of the um channel Hmm. because at after 12 hours because many a times people who are not strong enough or uh, uh who can maintain the speed after 12 hours they get thrown out of the channel hmm. so when you say thrown out of the channel out out into the land not uh, land is good but uh hmm. the channel is going north and south right yeah hmm. because you're swimming east to uh west to east hmm. england to france hmm. so it'll push me further up north which will okay. only add more time to get to the land right yeah got it yeah awesome you know yeah. uh, that, that's awesome you know we get, we get to we get to live uh, uh, swim uh, through the english channel through your uh, experience great so what uh, sorry, I, so you... I, i i must have uh, taken you on a scenic route of my uh, swim experience here no that's what you want to hear that's what you want to hear we want to we want you know all of us who are listening to this want to actually experience it without having to do it <laughs> <laughs> or maybe one of us will get inspired to go do it here in your story yeah. mm-hmm. so uh, so this happened you know obviously it it ended well uh, celebrations and and then um, then what happened then, then you've done this uh, lake ontario ontario thing yeah another uh, Yeah like I mean you finished the English channel the glory is okay hey now I have to come back to Canada <laughs> settle in Canada 
find a job and I have the seven month old child. Okay. Think about that. So I immediately forgot about English channel and we, mm. <laughs> we landed in Canada and we got a, like things worked out and uh, yeah, I, I found a job the very next day because I didn't have the complications of visa or all the uh, fun things. Uh, you plunged into the samsara. Yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, an important thing because yeah. uh, if you get disconnected from that, yeah, life yeah. has no meaning, mm. right? Because True. if you just keep climbing mountains and swimming across uh, bodies of water and you're lonely, it doesn't mean anything, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah so yeah. it took me about, uh, yeah, a few years to like completely settle and feel like mm. uh, feel at home. Mm. Again, I mean, yeah, very... Uh, Immediately, I found uh, a bunch of. I had a few friends uh, through uh, from California that I had uh, uh, through the internet. I had met few people, so we hmm. started swimming. We chose a we chose Oakville because um, Lake Ontario. I'm a, I'm hmm. actually about 800 meters from the lake. I walk oh nice and hmm. uh, do my swim, and um, uh, so we started swimming. But it took me a while to build that community that. Hmm. Uh, like even like uh, swimming across a body of water, going after these adventures, you need a lot of support. You need a lot of training. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you need that community support uh, to get to the starting point and get through the difficult times of life, right? So before Lake Ontario, actually, I I, got, I did Marathon de Sabla. I wasn't even thinking mm-hmm. about Lake Ontario. Mm-hmm. Although I had put in... Uh, I, I, that's not true. I, I had thought about Lake Ontario, but for some reason, I did not connect to that. Mm. Connect with it. Uh, uh, so I, I did Marathon de Sabla, which was another uh, fantastic uh, race. Um, yeah. I met some wonderful friends there. And, mm. uh, yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm sure Natu must have covered a lot on uh, his chat. Uh, so yeah, that that's I mean, another it, yeah. it, that's another painful thing. Again, I had to figure out a way to learn to run, learn to mm. uh, the nutrition because <clears> the <throat> tricky thing with marathon the supplies it's a self sufficiency race. So you need to carry everything that you want. Like mm. you need to have your food, uh, all the all the like. I mean, although they uh, they provide water, but the water is provided at checkpoint. So you need to carry mm. water. Water is ridiculously mm. heavy. Mm. So you need to carry just enough water between the checkpoints. And then, uh, so living in Canada, training in Canada in, uh, in, in the midst of winter, which is like a negative temperature mm. to run in the Sahara Desert, right? So day three or day four, I couldn't eat my food because uh, it's, I think at 9 a.m. in the morning in the Sahara Desert was 56 Celsius. That's about 120 Fahrenheit. If wow. my math mm. is correct, right? Yeah. <clears throat> um, imagine the temperatures at two or three in the afternoon, right? I just couldn't eat with uh, with the kind of food that I had taken. I wanted like rice and rasam. I <laughs> didn't have that. I wanted rice and yogurt. Uh, I didn't mm. have that, right? Yeah. So masranna. Uh, masranna. You wanted masranna. <laughs> masranna uh, is what I wanted. I couldn't. Uh, so I stopped eating on. Uh, I think one of the stages is an ultra marathon, which is like 52, mm. kilo, 52 miles. Mm. On that stage, I actually, I, I passed out. Mm. But here is the secret. If mm. ever you pass out in a race, 
pass out next to the race director. So that's what happened to me. So Patrick, who is the race director, he's a, um, by the way, Marathon de Sabla is a blue, blue ribbon race. Yeah, it's, mm. a, uh, it's a very difficult race, mm. but very well organized, very well mm. uh, set up. Uh, so he summoned the medics. They had to give me an IV to revive me. Wow. But when they give me an IV, they put a penalty of two hours. If they mm. give glucose, I'm out of the race. I see. So in my case, they could revive me just with an IV. After that, I became a bunny rabbit. And I, I mean, and again, each stage has a cutoff time. So you need to uh, make it within the cutoff time and all those. Uh, so this was dehydration, basically. This is basically dehydration. I couldn't mm. drink water. I couldn't eat. I couldn't uh, consume my salt tablets. Like, I mean, the simple biology of osmosis, right? Yeah. So I was... And how long it took for you to get back on your feet after the IV? Um I think like 45 minutes. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. They, they, uh, yeah, these guys are like, I mean, yeah. Again, adventure medicine is like aggressive medicine. These guys know mm. how to uh, bring back people up. Like, I mean, imagine treating a, a patient in, in an OR and imagine treating a patient in the wild, right? Yeah. Their mm. goal is to b- bring me up to normal, uh, control the situation. So, and uh, so another rule for them is, okay, after they revive me, they had to follow me for an hour to make sure that I'm Dude, safe. So, fine, um, but fortunately, I think I was only like uh, 90 minutes from the next checkpoint. So I mm-hmm. made it to the checkpoint. Uh, um, and I was still in the race because uh, th- there was a cutoff uh, and I made it uh, two or three hours under the cut- uh, just under an hour to that uh, cutoff. So, mm-hmm. And then I could rest for a while. So I spent the night and that camp and next morning I took off yeah so between yeah. running uh, um, running something doing on your feet something like this and water I guess uh, running was just a small distraction because <laughs> you probably uh, a distraction and yeah. also more than that I think it was uh, as a state of mind like I mean the element of adventure right because when mm-hmm. I came across this race uh, I couldn't visualize it Hmm. I didn't know how, like, how can I get through this? How would one get through this? So I, I had to uh, explore it. I had to solve that problem. I had to, yeah. Hmm. That's what made me uh, sign up for this because I, hmm. the same way I English channel, I didn't know how to uh, swim across the English channel. I couldn't visualize it. Right. Right. Okay. Like uh, in the, in a pool, 1500 meters, I know how to, yeah. I need to go back and forth 30 times. I'm done. Right. So, uh, so that's that was what made me get get to this race. Of course, it was uh, I regretted that in stage three. Like, what was I thinking when I signed up for this? And uh, I was very close to quitting. But I, the only reason I did not quit was because I knew if I quit, I had to go back and mm. finish it, finish it again. Because I knew that it would kill me, it would haunt me, and that was the only reason I did not quit. Mm. And again. What I did there was uh, like a bunch of us actually hung out together mm. and we became in that matter of six days, we are watching each other's uh, cry and we are laughing at each other's things mm. and we carried each other across the finish line. I think um, there was, there were a couple of people, uh, I couldn't understand anything that they would say, but yet we communicated, yet mm. we, we figured out a way to uh, connect. 
So we had this barrier of language. And I knew that there was something very painful for him and he was uh, in his life and he, he was only there to get through that. He was dedicating mm -hmm. it to that. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I can still visually rem uh, remember that uh, event and uh, yeah, that, that individual. And uh, so we, yeah, and we became lifelong buddies. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Fascinating. I think, um, you know, you make an interesting point about, especially in these kind of adventure races, about this whole thing about, uh, you know, uh, bonding and going through it together. I, I think that's a, a very primal need for a, a person, right? And it seems Any, like anything. that that is uh, made available uh, through these adventure sports. Uh, so it's more than just... Uh, the physicality of it, it's its more than that, right? Yeah, in what yeah, you're saying. Yeah. That's, that makes a lot of sense. Makes a lot of sense. So you did uh, Marathon uh, Disables and and then this was like, well, about, you're talking about two, early 2010s, I suppose, right? This is 2010, uh, yeah. That was the yeah. 25th year of uh, Marathon de Sabla, yeah. Mm. <laughs> and and then you came back and um, decided to plunge to back into water. Yeah, oh. both financially and physically and <laughs> mentally and everything. <laughs> and then I didn't have the, I mean, again, like, I didn't have the courage to tell my wife, hey, I want to do something <laughs> else. So, <laughs> so 2011, I decided to swim across Lake Ontario. Mm. And, uh, yeah, that brought another amazing uh, group of people. Mm. Um yeah, that was a fantastic swim. I mean, 24 hours. Nobody wants to be in the water for 24 hours. 24 really. hours. But uh, but that's another, uh, uh, like, a, uh, an important uh, swim in my life, actually, that helped me uh, set my roots in Canada. Mm. Because the entire community came together to uh, support me beyond my swim. Uh, so as I told you that uh, we are only about 800 meters from the uh, lake, right? Uh, so like the township that we live is uh, like people living by the waterfront and uh, it's relatively mm -hmm. rich, highly educated. Mm -hmm. and so all these people over here, although they have this great lake, mm -hmm. they're never connected with the great lake. Mm -hmm. They have these... Uh, Second properties are uh, cottages up north, <coughs> and uh, they don't want nobody to uh, destroy those local water bodies. Mm. So people in the neighborhood, after my swim, started connecting with uh, the lake. Wow! Either by kayaking or being on a stand-up paddle boat or swimming. So that's mm. after that is when I started glow uh, adventures. So Great Lakes Open okay. Water Adventures. It's uh, in the water, on the water, by the water, right? So that's mm. one way. I think and that's, you're also, that's, <laughs> you're also uh, you also are working a lot in terms of preservation and uh, keeping the lakes very important. Uh, yeah, clean. like uh, a simple example is I'm sure you you have this uh, uh, experience as well in India back uh, when we were children. Uh, we would have these playgrounds. Mm. And back in those days, uh, people would throw garbage at uh, mm. in like open fields. Mm. But like wherever we played, we took care of that ground. I remember we had like uh, 
we lived actually in uh, university of mysore right across uh, mm. uh, jc mm. of course uh, i can't even when i go back to that place i can't even recognize that now so this is jalakshipuram right jalakshipuram no no, no this is uh, manasagangotri okay you know see right across uh, jc okay, okay. was our house there was a small okay. uh, my because my dad worked in uh, university of mysore so that's on the, the premier studio side that side is it uh, no right across um, okay the main entrance okay Do there's a port- there there's small... a quarters there right that, yes. is that those so okay. there's a uh, i'm not sure what that road is called hmm. so there was a school on the on one side i went to that school on my uh, for my primary and right across that street was uh, uh, there was a, a cafeteria do you remember that cafeteria we used to call it downs downs yeah exactly yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah. between Downs and uh, JC there were a uh, bunch of uh, um, houses uh, housing facilities for the university yes, uh, yes, employees yes. so that's yes, where yes. we lived okay and within that was a small playground and we used to play cricket or hockey or whatever we used to play mm-hmm. cricket and uh, one fine day we noticed people like it, these are all our uh, uh, university employees they had people mm. th- started throwing garbage and mm. uh, we went to everybody's house and said please don't do that because that's our playground mm. so yeah. that's the same concept yeah so when people yeah. start swimming are taking are uh, like start swimming in the water are mm-hmm. engaging with their local water bodies so mm-hmm. the local water body happens to be a great lake here mm-hmm. so they start voicing that hey people are dumping garbage sewage mm-hmm. is coming into the water so that's mm-hmm. at the grassroots level something that i realized was i mean i I looked into making uh, changes at policy levels and other things it's very difficult it's time consuming mm-hmm. and it's uh, uh it's very difficult so this is mm-hmm. an approach that i'm taking mm-hmm. i'm helping people uh, connect with the water so that's what yeah. <laughs> beautiful beautiful hey um, you know madhu um, sorry this is uh, i think uh, 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 um, they've only done the english channel and it's uh, it's already been 90 minutes i'm thinking i'm sorry yeah 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 <laughs> we 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 touched upon the lake ontario as well and you know uh, you have such a rich body of work we probably need 4 hours uh, minimum <laughs> to get through all of it um but i think um, but i think we we did get uh, a glimpse uh, of your own evolution and and journey into how you got into these uh, ultra uh, swimming and you know how you've kind of uh, scaled it um and of course the last one i think 2017 you did the uh, you know the magellan straits of magellan um so is that was that uh, any more diffic- difficult than the english channel or it was actually it took me two attempts in 2015 i almost died oh my gosh yeah mm. so 2015 i was in the water for an hour 56 minutes in uh, water temperature uh, that ranged from 2.3 to 3 celsius yeah and the when mm. i i stopped the swim because the uh, straits of magellan is only about 5 kilometers wide uh 3 mm. miles um but i ended up swimming a right angle triangle because that uh, i mean parts of straight straits of magellan is about 100 miles wide and then it narrows down to 3 miles uh, okay so that's where you get across right so you mm. have to swim in a uh, in a slack tide okay mm. um so again language uh, coordination and we jumped a bit late we jumped about 13 minutes into the slack tide so when the tide turned around it spat me out of the 
into a different streets. direction. Hmm. Yeah, so it was a right angle swim. I ha- I stopped the swim after about an hour fifty six minutes, hmm. and when they pulled me on the uh, the swim is supported by Chilean Navy. Okay. On the boat, on the ship, for about twenty minutes, I have no recollection of what happened. Hmm. Wow. So that's how dangerous it was. So it took me. Actually, I had to fight with my demons to uh, get back into the water. It took me about two hours. Two, two years actually to hmm. uh, get myself uh, and figure everything out that uh, that happened and uh, get back into the uh, into open water swimming. I couldn't swim uh, in the open water for about a year. Wow! Yeah, um, and this, this, uh, the tra- yeah, just a trauma. Yeah. Hmm. So, 2017, yeah, I went back. Uh, uh, finished the swim in an hour nineteen. Again, it was it was not. It's not an easy swim. It's a very difficult mm. swim. Mm. swim. And uh, because that place, that part of the geography, has taken down some massive ships. Uh, I'm sure uh, they're all. That's how actually I came across uh, Straits of Magellan. Actually, mm. I think it was in grade five or six, and I uh, in uh, history or geography uh, talking about explorer uh, Ferdinand mm. Magellan. Right. And uh, so that was always in my head and then I knew this person who's the first person to have swim across uh, streets of Magellan. Her name is Lynn Cox, another amazing uh, individual. Mm. So so I connected with that body of water. I went there. Did that. And lately, I, uh, yeah, I'm actually, I, I think I mentioned uh, I've had a bit of setback with my health, right? Yeah. So last year, I'm I was training for this run in uh, in the Rocky Mountains, hmm. where it's a hundred miler. It's called Sinister Seven. Okay. Where you run hundred miles and you climb seven different mountains, and hmm. the elevation gain is about seven thousand meters. Wow! Um, so that happens July seventh. Hmm. Uh, but last year on July thirty first, um, I was I had finished a hundred mile. Uh, uh, trail run a couple of weeks before mm. and we had done a bit of uh, speed work on the track then I'd gone I'd gone for a an easy 10k run and deep in the woods I had a massive heart attack oh my gosh yeah so fortunately uh, as I said I was running with two other uh, wonderful people so one of them actually had to take off to bring the car to wherever we were another person stayed with me summoned the ems uh, there was a lot of drama to look at us uh, fortunately i survived they got me into the hospital at the right time and i have three stents this is uh, because every race and event that i go to i do uh, i have to do a slew of medical mm-hmm. tests I have absolutely no symptoms. My cholesterol is always low. Hmm. Uh, so yeah, I'm uh, Whoa. right now. I'm trying to see. Okay, I'm, I'm working on uh, regaining my confidence and uh, finding yeah. out what my new normal is. So well, that's where I am. <laughs> I do <clears throat> hope that you, you know, uh, process it and get back. I mean, you. Obviously, have done. Uh, you've used events in your life uh, to only propel yourself forward. So I, I have no doubts that this is just another event that you will use to propel in 
propel forward could be a different direction but still would be a propel uh, propel forward for sure uh, no doubts about it given what you've done uh, and uh, yeah i i do hope you feel better soon um so yeah i think we covered quite a bit of ground uh, here um, and obviously you know uh, given your uh, uh, what you've done what 2004 we're in 2020 to 18 years you've been at it uh this this there's so much to cover but uh, in one and a half hours you know i think we've we've done hopefully some justice um coming to the last part of my show i have um a fun q and a round which i have for my guests so you are you ready for that <laughs> i don't know yeah <laughs> so is that a yes or a no uh i'll give it a shot maybe you you have the power to edit right yeah <laughs> That's okay. None, none of these will put you in trouble. Okay. No, no, no controversial questions. By the way, I've never, uh, never got to ask you, but in all these water adventures that you did, any encounter with wildlife? Any uh, sharks, <laughs> alligators? Only in my head. Only in my head. <laughs> okay. But I've, uh, I've seen um, some beautiful jellyfish. Fortunately, yeah, they didn't touch me. Yeah. Um, yeah because many open water swims actually get ended up uh, they end because of uh, jellyfish encounters right yeah so mm. fortunately yeah none none for me yeah but uh, they've all in, been in my head yeah like uh, so yeah that's another important thing like keeping the focus and not uh, uh, driving your imagination wild in the open water yeah yeah so uh, no no wildlife encounters <laughs> yep yep good Okay, we'll get into some questions here. Some fun, fun, fun questions. So first things first. Um, your favorite uh, junk food indulgence? Oh, I'm a South Indian from Mysore. Uh, Idli vada na? Yeah, like I mean, Indian Idli Idli vada is not junk food. Like I mean, yeah, chakli, kot yeah, yeah. bade mixtures. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I love those things, but uh, I have to watch out on how much I eat. But I mean, yeah, yeah, I I do crave for them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and of course, uh, yeah, like it leave what I I still crave for South Indian uh, food. Yeah, Mysore yeah. Uh, flavors. Yes, and that's one of the. Uh, in terms of processing myself, I'm actually uh, connecting with my childhood days. Mm. Uh, is how I'm trying to recover. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Your favorite gadget in your swimming. I am a gadget uh, free person. Believe me, okay. I mean, I, I like Sunto has sponsored me. I Arterix actually um, has made me their adventure athlete. Uh, but uh, when in an ultra marathon, mm. this watch is 150 grams. Mm. After 80 miles, I can feel the weight of this. Think about that, right? Mm. uh yeah i am i mean i've reached a stage where i don't focus on analytics anymore mm. uh, of course i did that a lot when i was a kid in the mm. pool now i've reached a stage where i i enjoy every moment free of myself free of uh i don't put a lot of restrictions on myself okay i need to yeah So of course, I mean, yeah. When it when it is a race, or a, I I also don't do too many races. Mm-hmm. I only do races that I can't solve 
can't visualize, right? Yeah. yeah. So if there is a cutoff, I need to hold a certain pace. Okay. That's when I think about my pace. Mm-hmm. But I don't have to carry anything. There are people, there is another athlete who's carrying stuff. I can rely on them or I can work, talk to the uh, safety course on the, uh, on mm-hmm. the course, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's what I do. Yeah. So yeah. in ultra marathon, I am a gadget fee free uh, individual and uh, swimming. Uh, I still don't own a wetsuit. For mm. the longest period of time, I used the same goggles that I had uh, used for the English Channel. I recently had to change it because my son had actually scratched it. Oh, okay. Uh, so, yeah. That makes so, sense. So, yeah. Uh, I, I kind of, uh, I like what you're saying because I've enjoyed swimming in the open water with no wetsuit. I find the wetsuit so hard to get into, first of all. Um, and and I think um, when I learned swimming last year, I used something called total immersion to get the right balance, learn the balance, and I don't need a wetsuit to f- at least uh, you know uh, swim. Um, but but I, but hearing you, I'm even more uh, <laughs> stoked and inspired to say that well, even with lower temperatures, you really need a wetsuit. That, that's a but takeaway. Safety is very important. Make sure you have people uh, around you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, that's very important. And um, uh, what's your favorite way to spend a day, a lazy day, <laughs> when you're not swimming, training? Uh, I mean, like, I mean, yeah, like, with uh, I don't sleep well, but at times on a weekend uh, when I've done a long run, I enjoy my afternoon naps. Mm. Uh, that's one way I recover, actually, yeah. Um, yeah. I don't get to, uh, I mean, I... I I tried to uh, sleep for eight hours, but at times with everything that's happening in my life or with my uh, my aging body, I, I don't get that solid eight hours. At times, I it's like less around six and mm. I work uh, I, I work a lot. Uh, so I enjoy a nap and I, I'm never guilty of uh, like taking a, a nap. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Nice. That's a way, good way to spend a lazy day. <laughs> All right, and um, uh, movies or books? What's um, your preference? I actually both. Um, hmm. I used to read a lot, but I've stopped reading. I lately there's a lot in my head. Hmm. I enjoy movies as well. Hmm. Yeah. What kind? Any favorites? Uh, any action adventure, which where hmm. there is good and bad. Uh, hmm. I. I for a while I kind of liked uh, sci-fi movies, but uh, mm. now uh, like a, a simple Indiana Jones, like where mm. things happen on land, where things happen, like there's a bit of an um, uh, that element of adventure with no gadgets, yeah, yeah, no yeah, yeah. Uh, vivid. Uh, I mean, yeah, like sometimes the wild imaginations actually. Yeah, I, I uh, I'm not a big fan of that, but I love Hollywood. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Indiana Jones and yeah, things like that. <laughs> nice. All right. Maybe I uh, have the answer to this question, but let me ask you. If we made a movie of your life, what category or what genre would you put it in? And who would you hire to play your character? <laughs> I have no answer for that. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, don't know. I don't think I've done much. Um, um, yeah. Uh, I'm sorry. I don't have an answer for that, Santosh. <laughs> Think of your favorite actor 
ask him to play you <laughs> maybe uh, harrison ford <laughs> uh, you know what actually yeah harrison ford or uh, i mean yeah like growing up i um, enjoyed watching uh, clint eastwood mm. all those uh, spaghetti westerns right yeah i hope he knows to swim though because if in your uh, life story <laughs> there will be all swimming <laughs> <laughs> yeah um, that's it yeah uh, Awesome. Uh, so there, there's so many other amazing swimmers out there. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I I don't think I've uh, as I said I haven't done a lot of swims. Um uh, yeah. Say <laughs> says the person who did the English channel, says the person who says the Lake Ontario for 24 hours, says the person who went to Lake I mean uh, you know the Magellan Strait and of course of course you haven't done much uh, mother so we we won't we won't uh, burden you with that responsibility <laughs> but uh, yeah i mean uh, thanks for uh, you did well in the q and a and learned a few more things about you and uh, i do uh, we all uh, do that uh, hope that you feel better and you know um, something like what happened like a heart attack i think it can happen uh, in spite i guess in spite of all uh, lifestyle choices you make i think the point is Uh, to enjoy it make it a you know make it a part of uh, enjoyment and excitement if something like it ha- like this happens it happens i mean you know who knows this could be genetic it could be so many factors involved so i mean a lot of times i find people stuck into oh i'm doing this only because i want to have certain outcomes in health well yes of course but uh, but i do uh, feel that you've uh, shown us that you you had some amazing adventures and you know uh, that's more important uh, to 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 remember and i'm sure you'll feel better and you'll take this in your stride and do something amazing after this so I, i'm no doubts about it <laughs> awesome thanks antosh thank you very much yeah thanks for uh, uh, including me in part of your uh, uh, i think what you're doing is amazing actually yeah like uh, what you've done is not easy so um uh, like talking to 100 people and putting time to compile this nice uh story yeah so yeah. good luck with that and uh yeah thanks madhu uh, i get okay. to speak to some fascinating people like you you know it's all free of cost i don't pay any money you gave me one and a half hours of your time without charging me so <laughs> i can't complain <laughs> so uh, thank you so much madhu i'll let you go and um Uh, have you enjoy the rest of the afternoon and we'll stay in touch cheers thanks bye thanks for the share